Hey, it's Gareth Flood here. Today we're going to talk about the wide world of digital marketing. So if you want to get started or you're already dabbling, but you want to know how do I go from zero or 10 to 100, we're going to cover that today. We're going to cover what it means to have a digital presence online, some things around website basics and internet basics that you absolutely should be doing. Then the wide world of content marketing, social media platforms, strengths, weaknesses, which ones you should use, why, what's the benefit to you, and how to automate some of this. We're going to end with giving you a free annual digital marketing planner that you can download and use for yourself, as well as get access to free marketing community to support you in this. Okay, so watch till the end to get that. All right, let's go. So I'm Gareth Flood. I'm a marketing professional for over 20 years. I've made over $100 million for my clients and I'm looking to do the same again and I'm looking to help companies grow and scale with high quality marketing planning. So if that sounds like you, then get in touch. Okay, let's cover digital marketing 101. Now, before we get into it, let's define what is digital? Because often I find when I start talking to people, not everybody actually knows a full definition of what we're talking about. So there's digital, and then later digital marketing, you also have to be specific about what you're talking about. So let's define what is digital. So digital describes electronic technology that generates, stores, and processes data in terms of two states, positive and non-positive. So Positive is represented by the number one, and non-positive is a zero. And they combine a bunch of these together, so you can have zero, one, zero, zero, one, one, zero, zero, represents, could be the character A. So that's data transmitted or stored with digital technology is expressed as a string of zeros and ones, and each of these state digits is referred to as a bit, and a string of bits that a computer can in address individually is called a byte. And that's why you have data storage in terms of megabyte, gigabyte, terabyte, it's all how much of this data in this format is being stored. So that's what digital is. Now prior to this, we had analog technology, which was basically data being conveyed and electronic signals done by varying frequency or amplitude of carrier waves. So you had you know, broadcast and phone transmission, or you had TV, the old days with an aerial, it's waves coming in and radio, waves coming in, being decoded and broadcast. So that was analog and now everything is zero and one through wires and online and stored on uh, databases and disks and that is digital. So now we know what we're talking about. So what we will cover today specifically with digital marketing is what does it mean to have a digital presence? Specifically, how do your customers find you? Some basic website stuff you should cover. Leveraging third-party online applications. So these are directories and review sites. And then social media platforms. Cover some very basics around websites and ultimately content marketing. What's the relevancy and interest? The top social media platforms. What do they do? The benefits, why you should use them and how to automate some of this. And we're going to end with, again, a free digital marketing planner. So if you watch till the end, you can download that and use it to make your digital marketing better. Okay, so let's get into it. So what does it mean to have a digital presence? Well, not having a digital presence in modern business is like not having any fingerprints. It's as if 
you don't exist if you can't be found online. But before you can define the type of digital presence you want, you must ask yourself, what do I want to communicate to customers and why should customers engage with me? Once you identify why people need to find you, you can identify the how people should find you. And this is important because you think of your own life. Anytime you want to start or you think of buying something or you need something, you start to search online. So it's all about intent. So you need to make sure you end up being found online with search. It's all about intent. It's the intent of the customer to locate the information that they are looking for quickly and easy. And it's the intent of the business to be matched up with the kind of customers they'll be interested in the products or services that they offer. So we're going right back to demand and supply. The demand is out there. And if you have the supply, then the job of online is trying to match these together so they can find you, you can sell products, you can add value to somebody and they have a better life. So let's talk about website 101. Do you still need a website? A lot of controversy over this in the last few years, but yes, of course you still need a website because the customer instinct is to look for a website once they are interested in your business. And even if you hear about a new business or a product, you still go and check if they have a website to see if they're legit. Do they have a registered address? Can you contact them? Are they, um, which country are they based in? Does, does it look okay? And then you wanna find out more information. And this is just the case, the same for business to consumer, B2C, and business to business, B2B. So you need a website. And even if you start off being informational, which Apple did for years, Apple sold their product through distributors and resellers, and their website was purely informational, brochureware and videos about the product. And over time, they migrated it to being about transactional, finding and selling their own products online. So it can be a journey, but at least have an initial presence of who you are and what you do. And it's not that hard to set up. So get it done. So how do you go about creating one? Obviously you have to choose a web address. So choose one that's relevant to your business, most obvious choice being your business name. But if your business name is very common, try combining it with the business name and something helps define either what you do or where you are located until you get a combination that's unique to you. So if um, extremely common name is acme.com, but you do tires, so if, if your name is Acme, but you're in the tire business, you can have Acme Tires. If you need more, you can go Acme Tires Chicago, your location, and you've got something unique that you can register. So then once you've got your name, which is simple to register, just Google register my website, it'll take you to a bunch of domain providers. You can get this done very quickly. Then you have to decide the intent of the website. Is it informational? like brochureware online? Do you actually plan to collect sales leads, customer data coming through it? Or are you gonna sell product from the website? People can pick a product, order it, pay for it, and it'll get shipped, and all that transaction being done through your website. All quite different things. So once you've decided the intent, and maybe if your business is still quite small, start with informational with a plan to become transactional. That's completely fine too. Then you develop the content 
that matches the intent of the website and what the customer would need to get out of it. So think about your content before you start making it. It's got to be relevant to your business, organized and easy to find as well as engaging. Unorganized websites are people just dumping, say, offline product brochures and technical details onto websites, as well as incomplete and irrelevant information. It means the customer is frustrated and they won't return. You will lose them. So in the early days, actually less is more. And bonus, by using content that matches the intent of your website, search engines, they trawl these websites, they will be able to locate your website better when consumers have a search request. So think about the intent, what are people searching for? Use that in your language and your keywords that you put onto the website, and the websites like Google will already find you easier. So that is website getting up and running. That's step one on easy digital marketing. So step two is develop your search engine presence. So you've got your presence with your website. The second thing is you need to develop search engine presence because you know, this is also how customers find you. These businesses are online applications with deep roots in the digital community. They index everything on the World Wide Web. So search engines, obviously Google's the king, but there's other ones like Bing and who knows, AI will probably transform some of these in the coming years as well. But they serve up the search results when the intent aligns with the search and your site. That's what they're trying to do. So it's in your best interest to establish your presence with the words you put on your website, the keywords, do some SEO or search engine optimization around your sites. You can find some easy and free resources and maybe join a course on how to do that or get someone to help you. There's SEO specialists, you can get some that aren't that expensive or agencies that will help you do your SEO for you, even in the initial stage. And it's well worth the investment because you've got to come relatively, you've got to be found, you've got to be found. And ideally on Google, you're in the first four pages. If you arrive on you know, page 10, you're dead. They're never gonna, there's that many businesses they're going to get to before they even find you. So you've got to rank higher and you can figure out SEO, how to do that. And that is developing your search engine presence. The next thing with digital marketing is to set up and leverage third-party online applications. Now that sounds a bit, what does that mean? Third-party online applications could mean anything. What it actually means is directory and review sites. So most of these are free to register your business and they're consistently monitored by search engines, which is one bonus. And the other thing is they're trusted by customers. So this is this concept of social proof. They, you're in a directory that you've been approved to get in there, and there's a review website where lots of people have reviewed you. Trustpilot is probably the best example these days. So you should register for these and ideally register both your corporate locations so you get your business overall and individual customer locations or franchises if they're being operated differently so they can each be rated differently. And fun fact, 72% of consumers trust online reviews as much as personal recommendations from real people. So it's important to get on these sites, get reviews and ask your customers to review you as well. So which ones should you participate in? Obviously, this will vary by country. Do a Google search or a relevant search engine in your country to find out what comes out tops and then 
Talk to people, customers, your prospects, family, friends, what do they use? Make a list of the top five and how they're used, and then get up and set up your own account with them. So there's lots of examples. I'll talk through a couple of them. If you want a custom plan to upgrade your marketing, head over to stepstogrowth.com, watch a short video, sign up for a strategy call, and we can talk about what it's like to build that out for you. Examples of US directory and review sites you can register with, obviously yelp.com. I've given you a description here of what they do. Most of them do kind of the same thing. And these are the ones of the final ones that have been left after many years of consolidation in these sectors. So Yelp publishes crowdsource reviews about local businesses and trains small businesses to respond to reviews responsibly. It hosts social events for reviewers, basic data about businesses, hours of operation, etc. Yellow Pages or YPs, they're rebranded now, a leading local, local marketing solutions provider in the US, helping local businesses and communities grow. So you have digital properties, they can also help you with some uh, marketing aspects and being promoted on their own sites. A Better Business Bureau is a relative newcomer, but it's more the standard thing of like, okay, get your businesses registered. People search for businesses. It's very much like the old, if you were before the online um, revolution, you did actually, the Yellow Pages was a book they used to deliver through your door. And you used to think, okay, I need to find a plumber. You'd go to P, you'd look at plumbers, and you'd find a list of all the plumbers, and you would, in your local area, and you would call them. That's how you found people. Now it's just the whole thing's obviously gone online. But that's essentially what these sites do. So these are the top ones in the US and examples in the UK. Again, top five, again, yellow pages, exactly the same thing. Dedicated to help local businesses and communities grow. You've got Thompson, Thompson Services, my local. 118 is the old white pages business directory, free and premium business listings. And they can also help you with SEO packages for their own site and potentially wider small business directory and a, a site that's purely online was the best of, which is people rating businesses locally. And you want to do well on those. And also uh, Trustpilot is a big one these days. So get registered, find out the top ones in your market that make the most sense for your business and just get on there and start getting reviews and managing it proactively, particularly if you're a local business, like a small business in, a, in one town or one region, then you know th this is a no-brainer. You have to do it. Now, we get on to social media platforms. And this is what most people actually think about when they're talking about digital marketing. I need to post online. So social media is a quick way to reach a lot of people at one time. That's the big benefit. Or... It can be a way to get only a few people if you're not doing it right. So again, intent is the key to successful campaigns and using social media successfully. So while there is also search engine value in having a presence on social media platforms, it's important to keep in mind the intent of the platform that you choose to leverage. So yeah, think of each platform, how is it structured, who uses it regularly? Who's on it? Are your target customers on that site? Which site or which social media do your target customers use? Where do they hang out? How much do they interact? How can you market your business on there? How can you engage with customers? Okay, how much can you advertise and post for free? How much do you have to pay for 
different things, different advertising. And what kind of content do you have to share? If you have more video content, then obviously a platform like YouTube is better. If you have a lot of uh, pictures and you're selling fashion or something like this, possibly Instagram is better for you. And it also depends what you know uh, age group is there. Some younger groups go for particular social platforms. So you have to think of all of these. We'll go to a couple more examples now. But you have to think about, because you can't be just posting everywhere all at once doesn't really work. And if you just have the same message in the same format posted everywhere, it doesn't really work. So you're better off finding out where are your target customers, what type of content do they relate to and like to be uh, relating to on which platform and go for that first and then look to how you can spread and get some depth across all of the platforms. Okay. And the last point, social media takes time and commitment to be effective. It really does. So if you're still relatively small, don't launch any social media platform unless you can dedicate time and resources to it on a regular basis. It does take time and bigger businesses, they have a social media manager or so you either get one if you can already afford it or uh, you can get agencies and uh, freelancers to also help you. Uh, but that's something to be aware of. If you, otherwise, you'll start with a big burst, you'll get burnt out, you'll stop doing it, and you wouldn't have achieved anything. So, top social media platforms for your business and why you should use them. Obviously, I'm not going to go through all of this and read it. You can pause it, you can read it, but and many of these you use yourself. Obviously, Facebook's the big one, and despite having some turbulent times through its history at current recording time, it's still very big, over a billion active users every day globally. And a lot of people say, I'm not on Facebook anymore, but jump on a train or some public transport, look around on the phones, people are still on Facebook. And most people, I think the statistic is they still use it at least once a day, while the heavy users are, they're on it, you know, a couple of hours every day or checking it four or five times a day. And this includes when I've been out and about the very young people, so even people who are like 18, 20, apparently don't use Facebook anymore, uh, they still do. So obviously it's a massive social networking site. We know what it can do. You can connect with people, post, it can pretty much do everything. So why use it? SEO value, get direct feedback conversations with your audience. You can set up uh, groups for your business. You can set up events. You can actually do uh, commerce in there now. It pretty much does everything. If anything, the, the problem with it is it's it's a bit messy these days. So how do you find exactly where you need to be? But anyway, start with setting up your own business, finding some groups, and then start maybe starting your own group of where your customers hang out. Twitter is a social messaging tool, a bit more niche. Obviously, your text is limited to 280 characters, but you can do a lot more pictures and videos these days. The advantage is you can have real-time interactions and back and forth with customers. Um, you can handle problems through direct messages. This is a very good way for people to have customer complaints. You can address it quickly through direct messages rather than people blowing it up on social media and getting retweeted lots and lots of times. You can resolve things quickly. LinkedIn, more business focused. It was originally just networking for business. Uh, it's obviously it's owned by Microsoft now. But you can engage with followers, you can post, you can get followers, you can engage with potential clients, potential businesses. 
It's particularly a lot more useful in uh, B2B. You can target prospects directly, you can message them, you can do recruiting from it and generally market your company. So as a, as a company, if you're marketing your company, you have to be on there. YouTube, obviously it's designed for sharing video, also very, very big, owned by Google. So it's a great way for educating people, engaging with people. If you have a lot of video content, video has proven to be the most engaging type of format for obvious reasons. And it does add to SEO or search engine again, because YouTube is itself a search engine. So it's a self a search engine. If people are typing in and you come up, they'll find you and then Google itself also finds you and your YouTube videos will start to rank. And you can create something on YouTube and embed that video across the other platforms. It's, it's very powerful. Downside is it takes a long time. Again, the commitment. If you post, start posting videos, you have to post often for like a year or two years before it'll really start to scale. But if you're relatively niche, it's less about the number of subscribers and the number of views. It's about the quality of people that you're getting and attracting. If you're getting to your target customers, boom, job successful. These ones, Instagram, we know what it is. It's photo and video sharing app. Originally, again, started with a much younger demographic. It's, it's visual content. It's blown up. It's much more user. The user base has grown a lot, but still a good way to build your brand. It's owned by Facebook, of course. So there's a lot of interaction between Facebook and Instagram now, and they have a, a management site. You can post to both of them at the same time. And they're adding features all the time. So recently, Instagram Live has been the new, the big thing. You can go live and create lots and shorts and stories. They do short form as well. Most of them, in response to what TikTok did, also do short form video content as well. But again, it does most of what all the other ones do, but figure out how many of your target customers are there and do they respond more to photos and videos in, in shorter format. TikTok. It's a social media platform for creating and discovering short videos. It was originally 15 seconds, and then currently they took it up to one minute. And it was initially used by young people as an outlet to express themselves through singing, dancing, comedy, lip syncing, uh, and other things. And it, it grew massive popularity quite quickly. Um, obviously, once that happens, it's gained wider use in business promotion, and there's much less just people dancing around all the time and singing. It's much, pretty much everything's on there now. And the content that was on the other platforms has been repurposed to fit on TikTok. But again, massive user base very quickly, um, has much bigger reach right now. At the time of writing and recording this, it was the, the flavor of the month. Social media platforms has huge reach for posted content. But if your customers are on there, get on there. Uh, and, but still monitor it closely because when you've been in the game a while and you've got a few years under your belt, you will know that these fads come and go. And some of the initial big social media platforms that started social media like Friendster and then MySpace don't even exist anymore. They just became ghost towns. So rig monitor it regularly because it might fall out of favor, one, by the next thing that is like TikTok, that's the next TikTok, but it's not TikTok, the next big social media, whatever, whatever, we know it'll come one day. And so, you know, be prepared for that. And also, um, it might be shut out of Western markets. It's ultimately 
owned by a Chinese company, so all of your data is going back to Beijing. Currently, that makes a lot of Western people very negative, and um, governments might even shut it down, depending on which direction China goes in in the next 10 years. Top feature, you can reuse content very quickly. You can remix videos and uh, content that's already on there, and you can add audio and effects quite quickly. So you don't even have to um, film and shoot all of your... It doesn't have to be original content. You can find stuff on there and just remix it with your music, your titles, and split the screens, etc. It's pretty cool. Uh, Snapchat was one that was very popular among teens. This is one that, you know, again, blew up very quick. They're called snaps. So you send buddy somebody a snap, they open it up, it shows a picture or a video of something for a very short period of time, and it disappears. And that's the magic of it. Um, they cite reasons you can talk to friends this way, share photos. They also did, you can add a lot of like crazy filters. They were the first to do this. So you make yourself look like a bunny or a horse and hearts coming out of your eyes and all this kind of fun stuff. But if I'm honest, monitor if it fits your target market, but it already seems to be a bit of an, an also ran popularity declining. Um, Facebook and the other social media platforms caught up with what they were doing. And obviously then TikTok's just basically trounced the whole thing. But top feature is high use of filters and effects. Reddit, something a bit different. It's a network of communities. Basically, we find a community on your specific interest and it's a social news website and forum where the big difference with this one is you post stuff, mostly content or views or blog posts and interact and people vote on it with upvotes or downvotes and the things that get the most upvotes go to the top and therefore is curated kind of content by the community. Um, but I've always found it really quite messy and see what, what the hell's going on in there and it's hard to navigate and, um, if it works for you, so your target customers are in there, probably really quite niche things, but take a look at it. It's communities based on specific interests. Uh, Pinterest, again, photos is about making boards, curating these boards, and then people like your boards and it works like that. So uh, check that out. Tumblr, again, a microblogging site. I put it on here. I've described exactly what it is. But again, it's also in uh, danger of becoming a ghost town, this one. I don't think it's particularly used much, in my opinion. I could be wrong. My target customers aren't on there. Yours could be, in which case, go for it. Uh, WhatsApp and Telegram. So these are messaging apps. But you think, well, okay, how does that help my business with marketing? In some countries, these are very, very big. And they forward a lot of like viral content and funny ads. So I've seen used quite cleverly like short, funny advertisements or captions and people forward it to their friends and their group chats. And it is a form of marketing and it's essentially free if you can do that and then link them to send them back to your website or send them somewhere else. But it is a form of marketing. So just consider those as well. You can send text, documents, create group chats and they share the content. And finally, there are local variants. So most of the ones I've covered were originally US created and they became global. But obviously in some countries and markets, people tried to make local variants or the governments stopped the US ones coming in specifically so they could make local variants. So in the US, Foursquare and Swarm are mobile check-in apps that learn what people like, introduces them to new places it's good to get on those as well. In China, 
you don't really have Facebook and Instagram and uh, all that stuff. They have WeChat. And I've been to China numerous times. WeChat is actually a pretty incredible piece of software because it is like Facebook, Instagram, PayPal, everything we have in the West, it's all in one app. It's all, everything is all in one app. You can send messages, make calls, share videos and photos, video conferencing, gaming, it's got gaming in there. So it's a social media platform, it's a mobile payment system, all in one, it's got 1.2 billion monthly active users. It's, it's pretty phenomenal, but it's only available in China. Outside the version, outside of that is not the full WeChat, so I guess this only applies to you if you have a business in China or you're looking to get into China and in, uh, be influenced with Chinese consumers. Russia is similar to social media networking service, mostly because of language. It's very popular. Russia, Eastern Europe, very similar to Facebook. Obviously, time of writing, Russia's very much in the bad books. So this has probably been banned via sanctions, etc., etc. However, Keep an eye on it if Russia again resets its whole thing, changes its leadership, goes in a new direction, wants to re-engage positively with the rest of the world. There is 300 million plus people in Russia, another whatever 100 million in Eastern Europe. So uh, it's an important site if you are in that part of the world or your businesses. So the message here is check out these local variants and if they make sense for your business, then use them as part of your marketing digital strategy. And the final thing about social media posting, again, it takes time. You have to write something, you have to type it in there, you have to post it. It can all be a bit relentless, but there's lots of tools to help you automate it. You can automate your posting. You can help, there are apps that are out there that'll help you create, schedule, and post your content um, to all your social media accounts. They're sometimes called social media management platforms because if you just and so analyzing and tracking is important because if you're just posting stuff it's a lot of effort and if you never see that it's actually getting any engagement or results you're wasting your time and eventually you'll stop you'll get burnt out so these can analyze how much engagement you got and then you think well if i got engagement and interactions from these types of posts make more of those posts and these are some examples to check out. There's lots and lots. I've personally used Hootsuite and Hero Post in the past, but if you Google social media scheduling tools, they'll give you something like this table, which then you know you want to you want the tool to cover most of the platforms that you're targeting. So check these out and it can really save you a ton of time to automate your social media posting. So Overall with social media, it's like pick ideally one platform that you can focus on to start with or pick a couple, get going and then look to automate the posting as part of your plan. And that's how you deal with social media. And now we get to how do you pull all of this together? So down the link below, I've got this free digital marketing annual planner where you can do this. You can download it for free and you can pull everything I've talked about all together in one place. So basically you talk about, you know, what's the business or division or product or service that this digital marketing plan is going to apply to? What's the business objectives 
for the year for that business? Is it to build brand awareness? Is it to build engagement? Is it to collect leads? Is it to uh, get a conversion rate from engagement or leads into actual sales? Is it to drive it to your new store? Whatever your objectives are, you state those here. You think about your audience, primary and secondary audiences. So example might be if you're targeting head teachers or principals of schools, that could be your primary audience and your secondary audience could be the teachers in the schools. Uh, another example, you could be targeting just educators in schools. If you have an education product, so that could be head teachers and teachers, teaching staff, uh, admin people at the schools. But the secondary audience could be parents who are stakeholders in the school and are also interested in kids education. So think about primary and potentially secondary audiences and your messages for those. Then audience insights. What are the insights about the, that you know about the audience that you're targeting? And then once you've got that, you can think about what's the key social media platforms you're going to go for in the coming year. And maybe it's two, maybe pick Facebook and Instagram, for example. And then what's the role or objective of the chosen platform? And this is coming at it from two angles. Think about what's the objective of the platform. Like YouTube's objective is to keep people online watching videos for as long as possible so they can serve ads at least once inside the video. That's their objective. Now, how does that line up with your objective for that platform? If you want to educate people with entertaining videos or you want entertaining videos that people watch as long as possible and at the end, they click on something to take you to their store or your website. So think about what's the objective of the platform and what's your objective for that platform. Mobile considerations. This is important because particularly with some of the younger demographics, but generally people consume a ton of content on their mobile. So while you film and make all the stuff on your laptop and your cameras, you need to think it's going to be in portrait mode in this big and some of them like I think Instagram has a square format but most of your content will be a lot of your content will be on consumed on a mobile or in the UK we, Europe we call it a mobile your smartphone it'll be on a smartphone screen or device which is that big so think about your content it has to work in a small format as well or be able to be repurposed quickly then also think about community management insights. So if, if you're managing a community, there's a community on the website, how can you engage with that and stay within the limits of the platform so you don't get deplatformed or kicked out for spamming people, for example? Or if you are managing your own Facebook group, for example, what's the best way to manage that group? Content reflections, what's the type of content that is currently on the platform that your target customers like and how does that link to the materials you already have and what you need to change or what types of content are you going to put out there? Is it just pictures? Is it short, sharp videos? Is it 10 minute videos uh, just talking like I'm talking or is it gonna be beautiful landscape of you know people skiing down the mountains and these lovely B-roll things that you have to pay for? Next one, measurement, very key. You're gonna do all the stuff. What are you gonna measure? 
tons of stuff you could measure. What are your measurement priorities with digital marketing? Is it, again, some simple examples? Is it uh, brand awareness? Is it engagement? Is it uh, links to other places on your website? Is it sales conversions and how do you track that? What are your key priorities for what are you trying to achieve with whatever you're doing in digital marketing? Some paid media considerations. So if you are doing paid media separately, what's the link to the content on the platforms? Or also, if you're doing video on this or sorry, content on the social media platforms, how can you either boost it or add some of your paid media inside the website, i.e. do advertising on the platform themselves? Website reflections, talked about this earlier. How does this link to what's on your website? They, they, they can't have like whatever you're posting on social media and your website looks totally different with totally different information, etc. They ideally need to feed each other or uh, when people go off social media to find out about you, they go to your website. So how do those link? And finally, what I call global and local considerations. So if you just have one product you're selling globally, great. If you sell in different regions slightly differently, do you have to adapt the content for say a US versus Europe versus an Asia Pacific audience? or even it might be local. If you're just in the US, you might say, well, okay, I'm gonna do my content overall for everybody, but most of my business and my physical location is based in Florida. So I might also do some local advertising and local review listings and tweak it for the Florida market or that people find Florida faster because that's where 80% of my business currently is. How do you split your content for everybody and then for specific regions or areas. If that is a consideration, put that in there as well. So from that, you'll have, what are you focusing on? What's your objectives? Who are you targeting? What are the insights about them? Which platforms are you going to go for? What's the considerations on using those platforms? What's it gonna look like on a mobile or smartphone? How do you manage your community? How are you gonna build the content? How are you gonna measure it? How is it going to link to your other advertising or media spend and your website? And do you have to split it global or local? And then you've got a very clear idea. This is what I'm going to do in the coming year. And from the back of that, you can then actually start to implement it. So you can download this for free. It's in the link down below. And if you need more help on top of that, then of course you can go to my website, which is stepstogrowth.com. You can find out we have a bunch of additional resources here to help you get started on everything. You can obviously contact us. You can find out about our products and services. And I have a free case study you can watch on how to get double digit profit growth with the marketing profits method as well. Just click on here and you can watch that again for free. And additionally, after that, I also have a marketing community, which is of like minded people trying to either clients of mine or very interested in marketing and trying to find out about the right resources and to get things going. So I have a community where we can share different things and I have a classroom with different things. So this business plan course, how to write a business plan is also free. Marketing school, this is how you find it. It's free and my other products as well. But these products and the community to interact with 
is completely free. You just go to school.com forward slash steps dash two dash growth. So I hope you find that useful. Just a final point on digital marketing. It's one of these topics where it's best to learn by just diving in and getting into it. You will learn by doing and the whole landscape tends to change quite rapidly. So there's not much you can really break. So just get in there, get started. You'll learn things pretty quickly and get up and running today. That's honestly the best way to do it. So if you like this content, don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, and we will see you in the next video.